Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman, and if you don't know me, I'm a survivor of narcissistic abuse in a queer relationship, and I'm here to validate and support those who are or have been in my shoes and to help spread awareness of what these kinds of relationships can look like. Today, I'm going to talk about a very specific moment in my relationship, um, which came across my memory the other day, like out of the blue, and I just want to share it with you. See if any of you can relate to this kind of things. I don't know what I'm going to uh, entitle this yet, but it's the day that my car broke down. First, these last few episodes, I have been doing um, struggles and successes. And so I'm going to dive into that first so that you all know, obviously, as I explained two weeks ago when I started doing this, I'm healing in real time. So I'm bringing you along with me on my journey um, so that you know that it's not all rainbows. Healing is a long journey. And, um, I try to be really honest and, um, vulnerable in, on my Instagram account, especially, um, so that you all can see what I'm going through again in real time. Uh, but yeah, I thought I would bring it here as well. A struggle this week. I tested positive for COVID for the second time this year, and I have absolutely no symptoms. I'm feeling great. And the only reason I figured it out is because I had a flight today, which required a COVID test. So I'm thankful for that I didn't go and get on a flight and accidentally possibly um, get a bunch of people sick, um, but it really sucks. So that's my struggle today. It's not really narcissistic abuse related, but a struggle is a struggle. Um, and my success, oh my goodness, I had a couple this week. Oh, one of them was that I went to the grocery store. And that might sound silly, but for the longest time when I was in my relationship, if we needed something, no matter what, I was the one that had to go to the grocery store. Um, and that was one of the things that like sort of bothered me when I was first free and I was back here living in this town where we lived together. Like I hated going to that grocery store. I'll go out of town. I'll do a Costco run. I'll bring home all the things we need, but like even running to that little small town grocery store, I didn't like it. It was a bad memory. And then also I didn't run, run into anyone from the gym that we both went to where the people from that gym ended up being supportive of my abuser because they're like, well, um, even though this is probably true, um, I, you know, they said that they were going to, that this person said that they were going to teach me how to do a kipping pull up next week. So <laughs> I'm just going to keep talking to this person. I'm just going to keep taking pictures with this person. I'm just going to keep hanging out with this person. Or like I, Lindsay's talking about something that makes me uncomfortable. I'm just going to ignore it. Pretend it doesn't happen. Like just, you know, whatever, because that person's showing up, they're not talking about anything. They're acting completely normal. So I'm just going to like, whatever. So for a long time, I didn't want to run into anyone from the gym because like, I don't like it. Um, and I ended up running into two people from the gym and I just was like, hi, hello. Good to see you. No problem. Didn't have any like physical reaction in my body. So that's a huge success. Um, and then I had two more like really big successes. Oh, I got to my one year of being single, which is a big, huge milestone because even though I wasn't free quite yet on August 29th last year, it really did set things in motion for me to actually become free. I did share that on Instagram. I forgot my espresso and also my YouTube people. How cute is this mug? It is thrifted. <laughs> I live in the PNW and I live in an area where it's like really um, common to see whales in the spring and summer. So I have this like really cute, like handmade, adorable mug of whales. <laughs> that should be another part of my show. Every morning I'm like, what mug am I drinking out of? But usually it's like a teeny tiny espresso mug. Anyway, hi. Um, 
so yeah, that, those are my struggles and my successes um, for this episode. Just to show you all that you're normal, no matter what you're going through, it's all part of the journey. So let's talk about the day that my car broke down. I was driving a crappy 2010 Ford Explorer that just had a lot of problems and it would occasionally break down, like the engine would steam. I think there was like a leak. I don't, I'm not a car person, but I would have to just pull over, let it cool off, add some liquids and try to limp it on a little bit further. And then one day it actually fully died. I was on my way to work and I was about two exits from getting there. And I, I like was coasting off the highway and I was like, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is it. And somehow I like was able to take the exit, keep going and then coast into like a parking lot. Like that was really lucky. I don't know how I, I did that, but I ended up waiting there. And then again, it, it did start again. It did start again. Um, and I was, I, I like limped it to like a dealership and then I was there for a while and I was kind of like asking like several people for help. Like I've never bought a car before. I need to buy a car. This was on my to-do list. I kind of wish I would have bought this car, bought this car before this one died, but like it's time. The universe is telling me, here's your sign, buy a new car. I didn't end up getting a car. Um, but I had been like on the phone with my abuser, like, what do I do? Like, what did you do? Cause they had just recently bought a new car and I was like, man, I don't know what to do. And I was kind of like, I almost was going to buy a Hyundai, Hyundai, I don't know how you say it. And then I was like, I don't know if this is the car that I want. Like, I like it, but I also really want this car. And I was just like, didn't know what to do. So I decided to come home. I was like, I need to think on it. Like, I just need to get home and I'll circle back and I'll get a car in like two days. Like if someone else can give me a ride out here, I'll get a car in a few days. But what happened was my abuser didn't want to come pick me up. They didn't want to come pick me up. Now I get it. If you have like a full-time job, you can't get away from it. You can't take leave. You can't whatever. Like maybe you try to help this person find a bus home. I was about an hour away from home. Maybe you help your, maybe you're like, hey, whatever. But they refuse to help me. Like, which is like bare minimum for a partner, I feel like. Um, and they were just at home. They weren't working. They weren't doing anything. Their mom was visiting from out of town, but they had a car. They were perfectly capable of coming and picking me up. I would probably pay for the gas because we weren't on that kind of level where we just like do things for each other without expecting something in return. Um, but like didn't offer to do that. I didn't really ask. I was just like, okay, my son's dad who's in the military took off work early, picked up our son and then came to get me. Now, some of y'all are going to be like, whoa, 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 your poor abuser, your ex-partner is coming in here and saving the day, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I'm a lesbian. He's my ex-husband for a reason. We co-parent together. We all hung out together. And the expectation was that we would all be civil and get along and do nice things together so that my son could have both of his biological legal parents together and not have like a Mrs. Doubtfire upbringing where it's like, one of us has to put on an outfit, pretend to be someone else just so we can stare a kid, right? So it's not like out of the blue, my ex-husband sweeps in and saves the day. Like we give and take, we look out for each other. Like, um, you know, if one of us has a job pop up, we try to become available, things like that. Doesn't mean we're best friends. Doesn't mean we're like spending special romantic time alone together or anything like that, but that happened. So he comes to pick me up and I just can't remember being like, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for this. Like, this is not going to end well because this is the one, this is like the arch nemesis of my abuser, even though ostensibly they're part of the family and they want to be a part of the family and they want to get along with him and they want my son to see us all together, depending on the day, 
right? So fast forward to me coming home. Now I remember walking in the house exhausted. I cried a lot that day. I was like, this is a huge financial decision. My car is broken down, far away from home. I don't have any food. I don't have any, like, I mean, I was out there for like eight hours, just kind of like chilling, um, trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I am glad that I decided to hold off on buying the car because I am really happy with the car that I ended up getting. Um, you know, I didn't just like grab a car, sign a bunch of papers, hand over a bunch of money just so I could like get home that day because like my day was going poorly. Like I'm really proud of myself for like taking that extra time to do that. And it did mean that someone had to come get me or like I would have to get a hotel. But again, like I have a kiddo that I want to come home to. And um, he was really supportive. Like he's really good at math. He's really good at finances. So like when he was there, I was like, which of these cars is better for me? Because I don't really understand math, blah, blah, blah. And I, anyway, I remember walking in the door and my abuser was like sprawled out on the hard, like fake hardwood floor, just like this their mom was in the other room. I don't know. I, it weird. And they were just like, and I came over exhausted, upset, feeling lonely. And I got down on the floor next to them and got in their arms and was like apologizing. And I remember they said like, this is the worst day like of my life. Like this has been the hardest day of my life. And I was like, why? And they're like, your husband rescued you. Who else was going to come pick me up from an hour away and bring me home? I didn't have a car. It's my son's dad. My son's dad has an interest in his son having his mom home safe. Like, they made it about them. They made it a pity party. They made it that I had done something wrong, that he had done something wrong, that boundaries were crossed, that, like, they were helpless, that they couldn't come and help me, and they felt so, like, I remember it being like, I just, I wanted to help you and there was nothing I could do. And I was just sat here like, like, you, like the phone at my fingertips and like my car just outside, my keys in my hand, but like, I couldn't get to you. Even though I had gas in the tank, even though my mom and I were just sitting here and we had nothing that we were doing, I couldn't help you. I feel so helpless. I feel so terrible that somebody else had to come to your rescue. And it just went on and on. And I was made to feel guilty for a while about that. But then, who do you think took me back to go and actually get the car? Which, again, that dealership was like 45 minutes away because they had the car that I wanted and the price that I wanted and all that stuff. Who do you think went and took me to get the car? My son's dad. That tastes funny. Sometimes I wonder if I forgot to put in a new pod. It's like recycled. <laughs> it's like really watered down espresso. That's probably what I need. I've probably had enough. Can't really tell. Anyway, I do apologize. Again, if you don't know, I do have, I am diagnosed with ADHD and I'm unmedicated. So sometimes we're just going to have some twists and turns on this show. Okay. But my point is that I'm sure a lot of you have experienced moments like this where something happens beyond your control and you're made to feel guilty about it. For whatever reason, whether or not you have like an ex-partner that's coming in and out, again, we do have a unique situation because we do co-parent very closely. And that was one of the things that we agreed from the beginning. We still do it now. Um, and it is a lot easier. Like it's harder in some ways because we actually communicate more. Um, so that means we actually have to face 
issues that we have like between the two of us not in a like relationship way but like obviously there's things from the past that do affect our communication because we never got to deal with that when there was someone else in the middle controlling how we communicated so in some ways it is a little harder but obviously in a lot of ways it's easier to co-parent without someone causing a bunch of problems in the middle but like you'll something will come up and it's nothing to do with them it has absolutely nothing to do with them and they won't help you and yet you'll still be apologizing to them for whatever happened something you did not do wrong um it's twisted it's twisted it's abusive it's an abuse tactic because now again you're feeling bad for something that shouldn't have been an issue and it's not okay um like again like I, I guess like a normal thing to do would be to either offer to help your partner in some way like offer to come get them if you're just sitting at home doing nothing and you have a tank of gas um offer to come get them after work if you're working um offer to help them find a hotel like if it's like hey i really can't come get you but you know you could always think of like sleep on it tonight stay at a hotel like can i help you can i get online can i help you look for a place while you're running around talking to dealerships is there something i can do and then when you come home if someone else did help you they're just thankful that you made it home they're just thankful that you made it home um they're glad that you're safe they're glad that you chose to take a little bit more time to think on it instead of making like a rash decision a huge financial decision in like a heartbeat um and they are feeling bad but they're feeling bad for you they're like oh my gosh i have so much empathy for the situation i've never had a car breakdown an hour away from home and have no one to help you um and you want to make sure you do the right thing like i feel like this is probably really crazy do you want a glass of wine do you want a bubble bath do you want me to play with your kid for a while so you can just go read a book and like unwind for 30 minutes or whatever it is right but that's not what happens with abusive people they're gonna guilt trip you. They're gonna complain about it. They're gonna blame shift. They're gonna start a fight about someone else who literally was just trying to do something nice. Um, I guess that's all I have to say about this. This episode's a little shorter than normal, but there's no point in going on and on about it. Like I said, what I had to say, and um, I don't really know. I just like. Like I said, I remember this the other day and I was like, I'm going to share that because it was just a really weird moment in my life. And I think at the time, um, I didn't realize what they were doing when I came home and they were just like, I mean, I've, I walk in the door and they're just like, oh God, she saw me. Okay. I'm on the floor. I'm so dramatic. I'm sprawled out. Like she's coming. Okay, good. Like this is working. And I did like, it works. Their tactics work for a long time. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, I feel so bad for this person, this poor thing. But like, what? You had every power in the world to help me. And he chose not to. And that reminds me of another time that like I was at work and I was supposed to stay in a hotel because I was working late and I was going to work the next morning. And I ran out of gas to come home. I didn't have the right kind of credit card. Like when you get to the hotel and they're like, hey, we need the credit card. I didn't have one. I forgot my wallet. I know. Again, I have ADHD, y'all. I am not perfect, okay? Forgot my wallet, so I had to drive home, but I didn't have enough gas to get home. And I called my abuser, and this was very early on. This was maybe like six months in. And they were like, it was like 10 or 11 p.m., and they were like, well, I gotta go to bed. Hope you make it home. And they literally went to sleep. Literally went to sleep. 
I ended up finding a gas station that took Apple Pay. I had Apple Pay on my phone, but it's like stuff like this, y'all, where, I mean, these are huge red flags, like huge red flags, like not only not helping you, but just not showing any actual care or concern. Like if it was me, I would be staying up. Even if I knew I was going to be really tired the next day, I would be like, I'm really nervous. I hope I make it home. Like imagining this person, like getting stopped on the side of the road at like 10 30 PM. And like, I'm a woman alone at night, middle of nowhere. Who knows what's going to happen? Are you safe? Um, is there anyone around that can help you? Like those kinds of things. It's not normal to just be like, that person could, anything in the world could happen to them tonight. I'm going to get some shut eye. Who knows if I'll even have a partner tomorrow. Like, I don't know. She might not make it home. Not my problem. Good night. Not normal. At all. Do not tolerate that. And that is not like when I say that, I'm not saying, because <clears throat> that sounds victim, like blaming, like I tolerated so much stuff. It's my fault. You're tolerating so much. It's your fault. It's not. But I want to help be that light bulb moment of like, I am tolerating a lot of this and I don't deserve this. It's not my fault that I'm tolerating this because I didn't realize that's what was going on. But holy crap, what can I do to get out of this? What can I do to start making changes to get away from this person who clearly does not care about me? So that's all for now. I am going to wrap up this episode and sit here and feel sorry for myself that I'm supposed to be on a flight to Spain right now. And I'm sitting here. Um, but a little quick reminder before I go, October 15th, Austin, Texas, Narc Avengers, um, meet and greet. Uh, we will be, let me actually just look up really quick. Who's going to be there. Cause I want to say these names. So, you know, um, we are offering one-on-one -on -one coaching. We're going to have a meet and greet. You do have to have tickets for it. Go to narcavengers.com If you want to attend, it's 44 days away. Um, but we'll have a meet and greet and then you can book myself or any of the other Narc Avengers. I think eight of us are going, um, Lee Hammock from Mental Healness, Lisa Sunny from Stronger Than Before, Ben Taylor from Raw Motivations, Trey from I Was Like Yo, Trey, like a menage there, Dr. Carrie McAvoy from Carrie McAvoy PhD. Catherine from Stand Coaching. Myself. See that queer flag there because everyone remember I'm here to spread awareness of abuse and queer relationships and otherwise. But yeah, so it looks like that's everyone who's going to be there. So you can book a one-on-one -on -one, um, coaching session with any of us. But again, October 15th, Austin, Texas. If you are anywhere near Austin and can make it that weekend, it's going to be a really awesome resource for people. You can meet me in person. You can meet any of us in person. Um, and yeah, we'll be there to talk about abuse and narcissistic abuse and recovery and breaking trauma bonds and all that stuff. These creators are really awesome and I'm excited to meet them in person. I'm excited to meet some of you in person. So narcavengers.com, go get your tickets if you want to go. And also I am hosting a trip to Greece next summer. I am going to try to sneak in one or two other trips next year if I can. Um, the catch is that people actually have to sign up for them or else we can't go on the trips. The first 10 people to book the Greece trip, which is in August of 2023. And the link for both of these events is in my bio. Um, just click on the beacons link and you'll see all my stuff. Um, I do have some merch on there as well. I have my valid tea and tank on there. That's still for sale. Um, but yeah, you can go there if you're interested in traveling with me. My goal in hosting these trips is to have a safe space for 
queer folks and especially survivors because both of us, both of these groups that are so important to me, we have a fear of the unknown. This might be something that's like completely out of reach for you in other situations, but I want to create that safe space for all of us to get together and be together and enjoy Greece together or wherever we might end up going and eat and share and be vulnerable and take silly pictures and do all the fun things together and just feel free to be ourselves um, and enjoy this incredible experience. So definitely check that out. If that's something you want to do, I would love to meet you. I would love to travel with you. Um, so yes, that is all I have for now. Stay tuned for more. Oh yeah, I'm supposed to be saying this and I keep forgetting. If you like this episode, whether you're on YouTube or on my podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. I really want to get this into the ears of the people who need it the most. There's a huge need. Like it always blows my mind whenever I see how many people can relate to what I'm talking about, can relate to my content on TikTok and Instagram. Um, and the more that you interact with this rating and reviewing and all of that stuff, it does get it to the people who need it the most. Um, again, if you want more from me, you can follow me on TikTok and Instagram at the Lindsay Goodman. I will see you all next week.